Hi, Barb Anthony. Hey, Ken. Oh, it's not bad. <laughs> Here right. we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's before and after the movies. Yep. I don't even know what episode we're on, but yeah, we're, we're doing Barbie, Barbie. Directed by Greta Gerwig. Directed by Greta Gerwig, which initially you're like, Barbie movie? Directed by Greta Gerwig? What? That's insane. And here we are. Previously directed Lady Bird nominated and Little Women yep. nominated. That's written right. Written by her and I guess she's and her married partner, to Noah Nolan Bombach. That's right. Marriage Story. She's also a writer on the forthcoming Snow White movie, the Disney oh. reboot. Wow. Yeah, she's not directing that. She's also had a prominent acting career. Yep. Which uh, she, some standouts that I wrote. She starred opposite Ben Stiller in Greenberg. Remember that movie? Uh, vaguely. <laughs> Come on, on Netflix. No, this was like pre-Netflix. This was still when I was working at Rogers Plus. Oh, it was okay. just one of those Rogers movies. <laughs> you just, like, Who rented this? Is she doing the returns? It's like them kind of like standing on a white background, just mm-hmm. kind of like looking at each other. Uh, she's also in Tyrone with Love, directed by Woody Allen. It's a bunch of vignettes. She's okay. in one with Jesse Eisenberg. And Jackie, which was the movie with Natalie Portman where she played Jackie oh, Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, so she's like one of the lead roles in that. Okay. So what I kind of glean from looking at Greta's filmography is that whether it's writing, directing, acting, she's very careful and selective about what she does. 100%. I mean, she's like a Hollywood powerhouse. Like mm-hmm. if you look at her writing and directing resume alone, like it's insane. Yeah, it's very curated above average work yes. from what I can. I have, there's a lot of things I haven't seen. And it's, yeah, like you said, very meticulously crafted. Yeah. Roles are picked. Yeah, projects are picked. So when this news came out, but it's fair to say this is her first like blockbuster, her first big Hollywood yeah. film, which is crazy. There's like the the IP is Barbie, mm-hmm. and it's just insane to me that there's been no attempt or no successful attempt at a live action Barbie film before. Yeah, it's one true. of the few big names that has remained untouched, and one of the main reasons why is it's an awkward thing to even try and do like you could go in so many different directions mm-hmm. you could and i think social commentary in this day and age was always the way they were going to go yep do you remember who was actually casted as barbie a couple of years back no i want to say like Lindsay lohan or no something. it was uh, amy schumer oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i think Greta Gerwig was still attached to the time oh really? and i think obviously the approach they were going to do is like she's not like you know the most typically she's beautiful like conventional yeah body, conventional yeah. beauty and how that all works and so yeah, it's always been like the social commentary angle, but here we are a few years later with Margot Robbie yeah. as Barbie, which is a very obvious choice. It was kind of the only yep. person they were ever going to really cast. Yep. And um, like she's just killing it in all the premieres. Hey? She's got yeah. like, a different outfit each time. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, holy fuck. Like- yeah, and we'll get on to this movie has kind of taken on a bit of in the... I don't know how to even describe it. It's taken on a bit of a life of its own. Yes. It's become a very like big pop culture thing and no 100%. one even really knows why or like but what the just, movie is. People are obsessed over it. It's so viral right now. Yeah. It seems like everything it does goes viral in some way. Yeah. And the marketing is like fucking wild, man. They've partnered mm-hmm. with like Bay's suitcase brand. They've got a pink house in the yeah. Hollywood Hills. In, in Malibu. Yeah, pink everything. Pink. I saw, yeah, some of the, they did they did a pink Xbox, I think just I came out. Yeah. Um, they did a thing with Gap. They did deals with Aldo, Forever 21, and tons of other pink Barbie themed collections. Just everywhere you go. It's all like... I, none of it will be in vain because everyone is talking about this movie. Yeah. See, I'm I, I'm not quite on the same level oh, as you man. in terms of like I don't really hear about it that much. I'm like every time I see you, yeah. all I see is Barbie. <laughs> and then obviously, what happened kind of accidentally is this collision of Oppenheimer yeah. and Barbie. Barbenheimer. And it all apparently it started from Tom Cruise. Am I, am I right on that? So apparently, he made a joke where someone was talking about like the IMAX thing or the release is going on. I think someone asked him in like a press junket, like, oh, like, what are you going to go see? And he's like, you should go see both. Yeah. And yeah. then it started this whole joke of like the, the guys that are going to both yeah. and, and all this stuff. Yeah. He said he's going to go do a double header for both of them because he's like, I just love the movies. And there's like this <laughs> of picture course. of Greta and Margot. Oh, they hold, went to they, the they Mission Impossible. They hold the tickets for Mission Impossible. They're holding tickets for Oppenheimer. 
Oh, and wow. And there's Chris McCoy and Tom Cruise holding tickets for Oppenheimer and Barbie. Oh, I haven't seen that. And I was like, all right, Killian, come on. And there's a picture of like him and Nolan holding tickets for Barbie or something like That's that. That's crazy. So if Nolan's he, getting in on it. I'd love to see it. The man with like, no sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good to see that everyone's getting excited for movies again. But yeah. let's quickly run through this cast. Yep. Um, potential spoilers. I don't know. I just kind of went through IMDb. That's so. all right. I'm not too worried about it. I don't think our listeners particularly care about spoilers. <laughs> Margot Robbie. Ryan Gosling. Emma Mackey. Will Ferrell. John Cena. Oh, yeah. I did see that. Simu yeah. Lu. Uh, yeah. Simu Lu. Uh, Helen Mirren. Oh. Narrator. Narrator. Okay. <laughs> In the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm out. <laughs> Dua Lipa. Okay. I thought she was just on the soundtrack. Michael Sarah. Want to pair with me and do a feature? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kate McKinnon of SNL okay. Oh, uh, Elizabeth Banks, I think I saw in no, the trailer. Oh, I saw Kate, Kate McKinnon. McKinnon yeah. That's right. They do look similar. And uh, America Ferrera from... Yep. Doctor Strange. Or Doctor Strange 2. No, oh, no. <laughs> the character. <laughs> Lol. All right. Uh, I got some fast questions for you. Okay. Um, what are you most excited for? Barbie or Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer. <laughs> are we going to get an Ice Spice and Nikki cameo? Just, like, I really hope so. Because I'm bad like the Barbie. I just want to party. Potential for sequels or the Mattel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we're getting a Ken spinoff. Like <laughs> <laughs> that didn't even occur to me. But not Ryan Gosling, like yeah, another Ken. Yeah. Like, like Logan Marshall Green or something. <laughs> I was gonna say Logan Lerman. Yeah. Uh, this movie, Anthony. I'm kind of getting into the box office a little bit. Yeah. Uh, trending 100 million. Opening weekend. That would just shock me. But maybe. Oppenheimer's trending around 45, which makes sense because Oppenheimer is a hard R, three hour epic kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, it's more for like the cinephiles who are going to go seek out the IMAX screens. Exactly, and yeah. It's got a 100-day theatrical deal, Oppenheimer does. Right, so it's so going to be around for a minute. It'll have legs. But either way, let's get back to Barbie. Um, I just have one question for you here. Mm-hmm. What is the conflict in this movie? I think it's the main conflict is Barbie coming to terms with the fact that she's lived her life around all these like vain like you know her whole life's been around like how pretty am I am Mm -hmm. I standing on my like toes enough and then it's like one of the big jokes in this movie they just they don't walk around flat-footed ever yeah so I think she's got all these like materialistic things kind of built into her DNA Mm -hmm. and it's going to be about like accepting that not everyone can look so perfect and mm-hmm. and that's not what real beauty is yeah i have like uh the overall message is that barbie is for everyone mm. and that kind of ties into my opening scene but we'll, we'll uh we'll get there sure i think yeah it kind of goes off what you're saying like one thing i'm really worried about with this movie is yeah it's great that everyone's all excited but let's not forget this is a movie this isn't a marketing stunt it's not some pr exercise is the movie any good or is it just going to be meta pop culture references the whole way through Mm, the mario syndrome that's a big concern for me because i don't really feel i think this movie's going to pull out a lot of people to movies like you said that probably haven't been to a movie all year yeah or in a few years yeah so i want to make sure that there's things in this movie that compel them to come back oh i forgot like how good a good movie is not just oh that was like bants yeah, and I think I have a lot of trust and faith in Greg Ger- Greta Gerwig yep. writing and directing. It's very true. I saw, like, I think I saw like trailer one extended or something, and it was like it's very like existential, very satirical. Yep. Like she lives in this Barbie world, and she comes out, and Will Ferrell's like, "Get that Barbie!" Like, what's the Barbie yeah. thing? Like, so I wonder what's going on there. Like, are Barbies like made in the Barbie world or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Is Barbie world just like a dream or something? Some VR thing? Yeah, is there a Barbie world? Because one. <laughs> I say just can't say say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'm also worried about is what sets this movie apart. Like, is it just another Sonic the Hedgehog or Space mm. Jam or the Smurfs mm. or Alan and the Chipmunks? Alan. The- Alvin. <laughs> <laughs> Have my own writing so messy. Or the big one that came to mind that no one's really talking about is Enchanted. Because if this movie's not careful, it could just be Enchanted. Oh, she lives in like yeah. the Disney cartoon Disney, world. And then she comes into our world. Yeah, and is it just one of those things where, like, Barbie, you got to go to the real world. And it's like, New York, it's so busy and so oh, loud. Yeah. Watch out for the yellow ones. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or is there something Ooh, like really that, clever? Yeah. Is there something really clever at, at foot here? Lego Movie is another one where it's like, this movie feels, at yeah. best, it could be a Lego movie where it's like, very met, very smart, very intelligent, yeah. great humor. Will Ferrell, some for some reason, playing the same part. Basically, he's oh, like yeah, the steward of like the real world to some degree. 
do these humans who live in the real world know about Norbert Barbie? <laughs> do they know about the Barbie world, or is it you know? Yeah, yeah. What's it, your? It's gonna be like really interesting to see how they tackle that because like if they don't do it well, people are gonna pick it apart. Yeah. Go, like, oh, come she did this but then later in the scene she doesn't do that kind mm-hmm. of thing um what's my prediction or take is i have no fucking idea yeah and that is a good thing i like that this movie's surrounded in mystery mm-hmm. and i think the movie trailer even does that thing where there's a title card that says like you'll like this movie if you don't like barbie or something like oh, that okay, yeah, yeah, yeah i think another thing that could be cool is obviously it looks like there's some like big musical kind of set pieces mm-hmm. that's another direction they could have gone is like forget like the two worlds thing just have like this hyper real world where barbie exists oh so anytime a musical kind of kicks in a music number kicks in you kind of get barbie world so to say no i kind of like that idea a little bit better (laughs) like an acid trip (laughs) (laughs) no i thought it was gonna be just like the world is the world there's no like go into the real world it's just the world is a hyper real barbie world Oh. And it's just always like that. But but it seems like she goes into the real world. Yeah, she definitely goes into the real yeah. world. So it's like I'm I'm a, that feels like a bit of a cop out to me. I don't know. I, I think it's definitely got me and the majority of people very interested. To yeah. See, like, the okay, other thing I've read is like you don't get Ryan Gosling if it's a generic like Barbie and goes into the real world silly mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah. Like he's pretty careful about his roles for the most part. Not perfect, but. For him to jump on this and then be Ken and go all out, I feel like there's got to be some more at play. Yep. And um, I saw this interview with Billie Eilish recently. So she's doing like, I don't know if you've heard the song yet. It's no. like amazing. It's like this sad. Is it slow Billy? Or? It's Slow Billy, okay. yeah. And she was saying like, Greta brought me in and showed me like a few scenes. And I was just like bawling my eyes out and like so touched. What is this movie? And she's like, I went home and just wrote the song in like one night. And <laughs> Didn't just, even call on Phineas. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. it's <laughs> So that's very interesting. I am curious, but obviously this movie typically would just be of no interest to me. It's not my... Really? No. You, do you have interest with this movie? It's like my curiosity has been peaked yeah. just from all the stuff, but I've just seen these like adaptations of like dolls or things where mm. I've never liked the go in the real world thing. I feel like it's you know so what? overdone. True. Like I, I actually haven't, I haven't seen or heard any reviews and that's the big I, thing maybe i'm just getting caught up in hype like yeah what if this movie is just awful exactly and this is interesting because we're recording this about a week before seeing it yeah we're about to go see mission impossible which is the real was really <laughs> why i'm here <laughs> you're dragging me out, out to barbie next week but this is exciting because i don't know what the reviews are i haven't seen anything no one yeah and it's a bit worrying because you know you usually pro- want to lift that embargo <laughs> yeah they have not lifted the embargo <laughs> they're just like we're absolutely fucked <laughs> that's true man i didn't yeah. i guess i guess it kind of goes back it's like to six Gre- days out Greta gerwig hasn't made like a rotten movie right it's true like ladybird was like a nine something and little women was like 95 or 93 yeah and it seems like no matter what no matter how bad this movie is it's gonna have a killer opening weekend just because yeah. some people don't even look or some people already bought their tickets so they're fucking it it was hard to get tickets for this we got imax mission impossible tickets like four days before we went i hate this but i i to that point like i wonder if people will be honest if it's a bad movie because mm. it's obviously this movie and i and i hate to use this but it is the reality is that this movie is not you're not marketed to the typical movie goer not marketed to you who know, is this movie who are they really trying to get i think it's for all the girls but all the trying ladies to get the guys as well, well they, and they've gotten the guys yeah yeah, you know what? That's funny. I actually don't see any, like, because usually it turns into, like, a culture war. Like, oh, why the fuck is Barbie? It just seems like everyone's just on board for this movie. But, yeah, I just hope, like, the honest reviews come out. Like, I don't want to come out and be like, that was actually really good. And yeah. in the back of my head, like, like what I did yeah. to the first Fantastic Four when I was a child. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I will give this movie is it looks really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It looks like they've, I think the budget's, like, 140. It's, it's a big, yeah, it's probably, or 125 yeah. or something. Big budget, looks great, lighting's good, I'm excited clean. For the soundtrack, I'm excited for yeah, that. Yeah, the soundtrack from what I've heard is is fantastic. They got a lot of great artists and that seems to be a really good, as something else I wrote down, like a really good modern marketing tool mm-hmm. is even if they're not in the, all in the movie, like make an album inspired by the movie. Yeah. Like Space Jam is one of the best examples. Like that movie oh, did really? that so well. Guardians of the Galaxy, like Spider-Verse. It's yeah. just a, Black Panther. Black it's a, it's a great one. tool to just like, give you a flavor of like what the movie's going to be and have bring in an artist that you like as a director and be like one of the themes in the movie is this like give me a song about that and just nice. see what yeah, you come yeah, back yeah. with so that's cool yeah it is <laughs> um i have i have one scene prediction here i don't know if it's gonna be opening scene i think yeah okay opening scene will be 
like kind of like early days Barbie mm-hmm. in Barbie Land. So she's like a kid, or she's like no, a- it's gonna be like Kate McKinnon Barbie. But like I don't she, get it. Kate McKinnon Barbie because they're all named Barbie, right? Oh, I yeah, thought so she Dua was Lipa's just Barbie. name is Barbie. Oh, Margot Robbie is Barbie. Oh, I know Simu Lee's like Ken as Simu well. Simu is Ken, yeah. So because right. it's just different different Barbies, right? So weird. So Kate, Kate McKinnon Barbie is like getting taken away or something like that, and you don't really find out why until mm-hmm. later in the movie you find out like she was taken away because like she was gay. Oh. Kate, Kate McKinnon is like famously yeah gay lesbian yeah uh, and then that kind of plays into our theme that like Barbie is for everyone kind of thing. Gotcha. So. I think that that'd be a cool angle to take. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you think that maybe Barbie, like Margot Robbie Barbie, will get, will like see some of like the inequality that's like reflected in our yeah. real world and oh, okay. and kind of want to bring that awareness to like her Barbie world? Well, that sounds kind of bad though. <laughs> Stop treating everyone so nice. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we'll get any humans in the Barbie world? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. This movie could be shit, man. It could like, be Space what? Jam like, a who, new legacy. Who made the Barbie world? I know. It's not but I, it, part of me thinks it's like VR or something. I don't know. Well, because in the Lego movie, the the thing is they don't actually exist, right? Like they're all just conjured from imagination. Mm-hmm. It's not like a real world. Mm-hmm. It's just all in that kid's imagination. So is that the same thing? Is this all coming from like one like little girl's imagination or something? Or is it like an actual physical realm that like Mattel, the big corporation, built? And I think it's an actual physical realm. And imprisons. Have there. you heard about the new Mattel movie that just got announced? No. I told you after Indiana Jones. Oh, GI Joe? No. No, no sorry. Hasbro. Um, it's Barney. Oh, with um Daniel Kaluuya, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya. and they're trying to make it an A twenty four like. Yeah, I didn't realize that was Mattel. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Is it connected to this universe, or is it? I don't know. It's strange. It all depends. I guess it all depends how much money this fucking this movie makes. This is up there with like the lighthouse or in the vast of night <laughs> yeah. in terms of like how to predict it. It's just like <laughs> what the fuck are we going to see? Yeah, I that's the thing. Like I just have no idea. I'm excited though, for sure. The vibe in the theater will be very interesting. Like we'll learn a lot there because it's like who are the crowd? Mm-hmm. Is it lots of I think it'll be like lots of date nights. Lots of couples, but I think you'll get like Thursday, man. We're gonna get some diehards. I bet you're gonna see like people dressed up as like Barbie. Yeah, Yeah, groups of groups of dudes in pink or in like Oppenheimer suits. Yeah, yeah, doing the Barbenheimer. No one does that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I might wear a suit to Oppenheimer. That'd be hilarious. (laughs) Guess how old Greta Gerwig is? That's probably like forty-eight, thirty-nine. Oh wow, good for her. She's very young in her career as a director still. Yeah. So I know you love reading about young directors. I do. Right? It's just so <laughs> impressive to like be at that level at such a young age. It's yeah, super inspiring. Good for her. So what? What's your guess on the RT? You think critics like the snootier critics are gonna go and just try and be like, oh, I'm no part of this cult- pop culture thing, and just Man, review bomb it? Or? I think no, no. I think I, I think this movie. I think it'll be like 82 is my guess. Honestly, man, it's. I think it's either gonna be 90 plus or like hovering around 50, 60. Mm-hmm. Craziness. Because when you, when you take a big swing, and a, a movie that comes to mind right now is I don't know if you watched Olivia Wilde's Don't Worry, Darling. I haven't seen it, but I know exactly what you're talking about in terms of the swing. Yeah, it like yeah. takes a big swing where you're like you're, you're doing something like that. You're introducing like barbie land and it's like if you can do this well and it's and it's 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 tight there's no plot holes you tell a great story and you integrate it well you're you're gonna have a great movie Mm -hmm. but this movie could easily fall fall apart with barbie land yeah it definitely could i think the number one way this movie falls apart is if it's too heavy on the themes too heavy on the social commentary and too reliant on the fish out of water jokes. Mm, yeah. Because we've seen that. We don't need that. Like it, it hints at it in the trailer. Like you see them get arrested and Ken's getting like his head mug shots and he's just like smiling and posing. Oh, like yeah. That's kind of funny. That's not it, fish out of water. That is fish out of water. He doesn't know how this world works. Oh, I see. So he's yeah, just out yeah. to lunch. That's like, funny. <laughs> it's funny because it's Ryan Gosling. Yeah. When he's like asking for the doctor and he's talking to the lady. I don't really get that joke. I was like watching it. I don't get it. The thinking was that only men could be doctors. Oh, I see. Okay. women would be like nurses. I guess that's why I just assumed that this movie, like you can't do jokes like that anymore. But I guess with Greta Gerwig behind the wheel. You're engaged to a doctor, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I see. Um, 
it was it was it was like almost surreal where i had like very minimal interest in this movie yeah because I, yeah. obviously I don't, I don't really care for the ip I, I don't have a lot of childhood history with barbie but when i watched the trailer and i saw will ferrell as the mattel ceo yeah that's when my interest peaked not because of will ferrell because i was like man they have this character who's playing mattel ceo yeah. of a fictional movie in real world and i was like okay like i'm interested yeah Let's see where this goes kind of speaks to oh, fuck i don't know if i can talk about this like like obviously you know how deadpool has that self-awareness of like mm-hmm. it's creator almost and they're kind of they're making fun of themselves with the mattel thing and that's great did you see like any of the screen grabs from deadpool 3 like no you saw like the Hugh Jackman suit. Yeah. You see them fighting at all? No. What the fuck, dude? Where I just need to tell you something. No. It this this part of it was on Ryan Reynolds' story, so it's obviously like a big promotional tool they're using. Pull up Ryan Reynolds' story to prove it to me. It's not it's not up there anymore. <laughs> it was this was like two days ago. It sounds like you wrote him with a massive Deadpool three spoiler. That it's you not on, like ScreenRant.com. There's not a. <laughs> no, I'm not. There's no. I'm not giving you like a character or anything. It's just like a setting that they're fighting in. Oh, it's probably like. Let's see if you can just guess. Okay, uh, my first guess and would be like. Think about like that Mattel Marvel lot B or something like. Very that. close. Okay. Like, I'm just gonna we'll leave it. No, we'll leave it at that. No, it's hilarious. <laughs> no. All right, fine. It's the 20th Century Fox like logo. It's like buried <laughs> in the ground with like sand dunes and shit on it. So it's like an apocalyptic resting yeah, site yeah. of 20th That's Century Fox. But is that weird? Like, can we do an MCU movie that's that self-aware? That 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 is for a different podcast. I just want to talk about Deadpool three. <laughs> we're talking about Barbie, Anthony. I'm bored. Wait, did, did you play with Barbie with no. your sisters? Your sisters were probably into Barbie. Not really. No. By the time I was like, you know, eight, nine, ten, <laughs> that another five. Uh, like Barbie was like, it was like. Same with Barney and Barbie. It was like embarrassing to like those yeah. things. So Even I, when I, I was a kid, it was like Barbie was already like played out. Yes. Yeah. But we also we weren't little boys and or sorry, we weren't. But even girls, amongst so. like the girls, I think even like the girls in my school were like, I don't play with Barbie. Like, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. very much like a, a scrutinized, like shameful thing. But I I did think it, it came back in a later generation. I think yeah. nowadays kids are all over dolls. And Bratz took over. Bratz was Oh big. yeah. Bratz. <laughs> think we'll get you think we'll get like, oh don't talk to her, she's a brat. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could get a cameo from the Bratz. Oh and they God. get all the pussycat dolls back together to oh play all the parts. God. That's too funny. Because I was going to say, like, one thing I was going to ask you is, like, do you think we get an Action Man co- cameo? But is Action Man, no, I think he is, is he, just... Is He-Man? No, He-Man's Hasbro, I think. Yeah, no, I think he, Action Man was just what they call G.I. Joe in England. Oh, it's the same. Okay. It's the same thing. Is there, is there any other Mattel? Let me, let me do a quick Mattel IP look Is Monopoly here. Mattel? No, that's Hasbro. Hasbro dude. <laughs> There's a Monopoly Mattel. movie coming out as well. Yeah, there is. It's in, it's in development. I just made that joke on the podcast. I think I think that's what you're thinking. About. No, no, it actually it really is. Oh, He Man. So what is Mattel? It's like it's dolls only. No, it's a toy company. Yeah, He Man. Uh, <laughs> a lot of He Man. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck am I looking at here? Uh, oh, Polly Pocket. <laughs> oh, thank God. Fisher. <laughs> Fisher Price. Oh, you like this Fisher one? Fisher Price is another toy company. Thomas and Friends. Thomas the Tank Engine. Okay. Now you got me. Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels. And Uno. <laughs> I think we got a good chance at getting a Thomas and Friends cameo. Dun, 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 Come on, Ken. Dun. Let's hop on this train. <laughs> Hi, Barbie. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> Yeah, I'm. I can't say I'm looking forward to watching this, but really? I am. I am morbidly curious. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I know we've harped on it like multiple times. But I just don't know if it's gonna be a good movie. No, I don't think it's gonna be good. I I I, I personally think it's gonna be good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. We'll see. This is like the most divided we've been in a while, so that's mm-hmm. exciting. But my hunch is that this is overhyped and not very good movie. Wow. Glossy. Too many jokes coming at you. I mean, you just look at you look at your writing and acting cast, and I can almost guarantee a good movie. I don't know, Greta Gerwig. She's not like a sure thing. Like she, this is her first big she's, swing, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's, she's two for two in like the the indie. Yeah, the indie scene. I guess, this is a big step no, up, though. Yeah. You're in Hollywood land now. 
I was going to say, because Little Women was nominated for Best Adapted. Right. Lady Bird nominated for Best Original. That was a good movie. Lady Bird was a really good movie. You think this gets nominated for Best? No. Would this be original or adapted? It'd have to be original. I think of the original screenplay, yeah, because it's not based on a particular novel or anything. It's like an original idea. I wonder if there's there's like Barbie comics out there. Either way. I'm sure there is. I don't know. Do you think we got a sequel like 2025? Like a quick turnaround sequel? You know they want they they want this to be a franchise of a meta clever franchise. I wonder if we did Lego Lego Movie got Lego Movie Two right? Yep, I never saw it. The Lego Movie either. Two, the Lost. I, I genuinely or I guess money talks. Right? Well, then you you start getting like the Lego Batman movie and all this. Yeah. So I think I think they'll try and establish Barbies and Kens that can have their own films. Mm, yeah, maybe we'll get a Simu Liu Ken spinoff. Yeah, something like there that. There we go, and like a Dua Lipa Barbie something. <laughs> Probably not Dua Lipa. Emma Mackey. Yeah yeah all right well yeah i reserve judgment till we see it there'll be a week from now so i'll keep my eye on the on the marketing <laughs> check the, the rt week. no yeah. they, they pulled all the marketing now because the uh the strike oh wow they're not allowed to market it anymore that's crazy so yeah i guess what i don't know what the last movie they kind of wrapped up filming was before the strike but what do they do if there's just like three months three four or five months with just nothing uh it's when independent filmmakers like you come to the forefront that's right okay i better get working <laughs> let's go watch mission impossible first yeah, all right <laughs> We'll see you guys back here in three, two, one. And we're back like the Bobby. You just fucked it up. You're supposed to say, welcome back to the Oppenheimer podcast. Because I just thought of that funny thing. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Oppenheimer. I think you mean Barbie. Barbenheimer? Barbenheimer. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It's a twist. So we are back from watching Barbie. Just Uh, got back. (laughs) (laughs) About two weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit of a schedule mix up. Let's call it that. Yeah, sure. Someone had to jet set away to San Diego. (laughs) I know, right? He had had an impromptu meeting with the... uh, the benefactor, I should say, our yeah. sponsor. And our main and producer. Our producer. Yeah. We were lucky because it was we had to have some pretty deadline discussions about whether or not we were gonna replace the host or or keep it going. <laughs> but my contract is renewed, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, contract here. renewal season's coming up. <laughs> All right, let's start. So we yeah, we did watch Barbie. We both watched yeah. Oppenheimer the same weekend, so, so we did the full Barbenheimer. Yeah, um, we're gonna so break we'll, them both down. Um mm-hmm. we're gonna start with Barbie. Start with Barbie. Um, as, as same as Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we're gonna start with Barbie and then uh <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what did I think of Barbie? <laughs> well, it's just so hard to it's get just so different yeah, doing know, it. It's so hard to get back in the mood. Uh Barbie was uh great. Yeah, it was a really, was, really enjoyable movie. Is fucking hilarious. Yep. Like so smartly written. Yep. Um, Not, I wouldn't say it's like a perfect film. It has its flaws. No, no, we'll touch on that. Yeah. Um acting is great. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say off the hop, obviously Ryan Gosling's been getting a lot of buzz. Yeah. For some reason Margot Robbie's not getting as much buzz, but like she is the backbone of that movie. Yeah. She really brought more emotion to the role than I was expecting. Yeah. Like she does the whole stereotypical Barbie thing. Yep. As she plays you the doll really I, well. I think that's like I kind of understand why she's going a bit under the grid because she just so obviously just fits into that role so mm-hmm. easily that it's like it's kind of just expected it's expected yeah but, but still like great uh america ferrera yeah who plays uh like jane the virgin or whatever right um but yeah she was great and she does she has one monologue scene that that could have come across as i don't want to say cringe but it could have come across as like very dialogue heavy but it was like delivered yeah. really well so. that's kind of yeah we'll get to it a bit more later but i feel like some of those scenes tapered a <laughs> They tapered a little bit on a little bit preachy here and there, but I think for the most part, it was handled really well as you start to learn what the movie's really about. Yeah, so I think one of my biggest pros is like Greta's writing. I think we talked about, or I talked about before, is that we, I didn't want a don't worry darling situation where there's a lot of focus on this like this land or Barbie land we were talking about. And like, if that becomes the focus and the MacGuffin around it, like you start to pick holes in it. And I thought it was really smartly written that it like more or less kept them separate. And like, even like Will Ferrell has a piece of dialogue where he's like, it's like Sweden, like, just don't worry about it. Yeah. And it like, it just, it just worked because it was like the consequences in Barbie land had some, but the the rules are intentionally very exactly. loose. Like how you get there, how you get away. Was, yeah, exactly. Why there's only like one Barbie 
per person mm-hmm. instead of a bunch of them spontaneously just like it wasn't breaking. like a plot device it was just a great setting to have yeah totally and we we talked about before how like this movie i think would fall into that category of monopoly or uno it's like where you hear oh like a movie adaptation of this and it's like how the hell are you gonna adapt that in a way that actually works mm-hmm. for hardcore fans modern audiences who don't really care people that kind of want to go just to hate it yeah. you've got to find this way of like balancing it and this did such a good job of that yeah like, fans for people who love barbie or sorry like fan service for people who love barbie and also yeah. like for people who like grew up hating barbie yep it totally walks that it, like line. shits on barbie as well it's constantly like, it's, fucking, it's funny man for the for anyone who hasn't seen the film basically the barbie is it barbie land barbie world i will call it barbie land yeah <laughs> Uh, it's sort of this utopia for women, essentially, and the and feminism and the female. I don't know. It's kind of like, yeah, I can't think of any other word other than it's, utopia. It's yeah, like I actually, I, well, I'm just like on Barbie TikTok hard right now. Okay, like, yeah, it's uti- like uh, <laughs> a blind utopia. It's like a, a representation of like whatever the opposite of patriarchy is. Exactly, and it shows that like men are not trodden upon they just kind of exist yep and they're sort of just like an accessory to to women Mm -hmm. which is obviously how so many women have been made to feel for Mm -hmm. years in our society and still do uh and you see ken as kind of this like disregarded he's portrayed as he portrays a man in a light that you like don't (laughs) see men portrayed in very often and that was something myself as an audience member didn't had never really imagined that scenario before because it is true that we just like have male privilege and mm-hmm. we do it is a lot easier for us to do certain things we don't mm-hmm. have to worry about judgment in the same way and we just we have like a little boys club sometimes like we're yeah. all we're all guilty of boys it boys night every night yeah let's go <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but then obviously barbie ends up venturing into the real world because she realizes that her owner mm-hmm. or her whatever they call it in the movie it's been yeah. a while it's been a while <laughs> is sad sad yeah so Ex- she existential depressed ken comes along for the ride and then the script is totally flipped mm-hmm. when ken now realizes like how great this world is and how he's been undervalued and mm-hmm. underappreciated his whole life and he starts to experience how great it is to be a man in our world. It's a little over the top. It's a little silly to illustrate the point in certain ways, mm-hmm. but it's done in a way that didn't feel Wally levels of preachy. Yeah, that's, and it's that's just funny. Thing. Like, like it's, it's the part it's where you, can, you see you see the reality of it. You're laughing along with it, and the message is delivered quite nicely. Yeah, very much so. And then yeah, so then Ken goes back. I didn't see Ryan Gosling becoming the villain. Yeah, that was great. It was, it was nice very smart. Yeah. Um, he basically goes back, takes over Barbie Land, makes it a patriarchy as mm-hmm. he has learned. He's but he he understands mm-hmm. it in such a surface level manner mm-hmm. that yeah, it totally unravels before his eyes in a way. Like mm-hmm. he thinks it's what he wants. He goes all out for it, flips Barbie Land on its head, and then realizes that it's just this like pale imitation of like what he really wants it to be mm. because he still doesn't have like the respect or the love that he actually wants and it go it works both ways mm. in that sense like i've heard a lot of i've heard certain like male groups just complain and saying this movie is like super anti-men and that it just like hates yeah, men knows. and it's like maybe you just don't like looking in the mirror every once in a yeah. while <laughs> have you ever considered that there's a couple of lies they're like oh like obsessed with just Zack snyder's or Zack snyder's yeah, that was like, oh, great fuck. yeah that hit me hard yeah. i was like am i one of these people <laughs> am i ken yeah and it, and it just it does it in this in this hilarious way like i yeah. was it was so fun watching ken in particular as this character who's mm-hmm. like He's so new to everything. Like, I don't know what it was. It was like this innocence in him and how he just gets flipped from one side to another Mm -hmm. so quickly and how all the Kens just like follow him along on the ride. Yeah. I think that was like the big takeaway from this movie is that I just wasn't expecting like Ken's arc as a character to be as like... Yeah. As amazing as it was. I think what you're touching on with Margot Robbie kind of works the same as like as good as Barbie's arc is. It's kind of like maybe what you would have expected. Like yeah. she learns that her this like perfect life is like very shallow and that she has like all this deeper meaning and life isn't perfect. Like I kind of could have predicted some of those themes, mm-hmm. but the Ken side of it, I just didn't see coming. Yeah. And, and I wonder if like the Barbie side doesn't really resonate with us because we're just like two dudes and obviously yeah. we instantly associate with Ryan Gosling as Ken. Yeah, that's totally true. But we had a lot of like, like my fiance who's watched the movie with me, she's just like bawling throughout the movie. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of like really heartfelt kind of speeches and monologues and- The Billie Eilish song. Yeah. Really great soundtrack. Gotta give that oh, a shout yeah. out. Just so good. 
uh, Greta Gerwig like delivers again, I guess, three for three, writing, directing. So what yeah. do you know what her next project is? Whatever she wants. Well, she's actually signed on for something. Oh, no way. Oh. <laughs> you know this. Oh, it's the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, a three-picture deal with Netflix. Three-picture deal, as it's if, like, as if. <laughs> like, I'm not excited. I'm excited because, like, Chronicles of Narnia is, like, got some 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 cool a, it, it, is a, it. it is a sleeping giant i'm not excited about the netflix aspect though they just seem to just fucking muddy they, things down they all they, they're like the almost it. especially their movies if, mm -hmm. if it was a tv show i'd almost be more optimistic mm. having said that though i'm sure they'll put money behind it i'm sure they'll yeah because i mean she really could have picked any project she wanted she wanted to do marvel of course she, of yep. course she can dc Harry Potter, like I'm sure she could have picked any franchise really. Mm -hmm. So she's obviously identified something. The thing that makes me a bit nervous is obviously Chronicles of Narnia has like those heavy religious undertones. Oh, does and it? I, yeah. And I don't, I think she should be very wary of trying to like overly deconstruct that. Because mm, if that's, what you mean. if that's something you're kind of craving to do, I would just do it with like your own film. Yeah. It's just not going like, to end well. Yeah, People yeah. aren't going to be receptive to the it. The C.S. Lewis fanboys come, exactly. come after you. Um, just one thing on Barbie that I wasn't the biggest fan of was the like Mattel CEOs. Like, yeah, I, I think they were they were very funny. I just like I didn't need them to come to Barbie Land, and I, I don't know if they, they really just added anything. yeah the it kind of threw the pacing off because like mm -hmm. they were almost there and then they just appeared at yeah. the very last second and it felt a bit yeah a bit but thrown at, together. But at the same time, like I'm still laughing at their behavior and stuff. Yeah, so. I, I I kind of agree. Like I didn't find them that funny to be honest with mm -hmm. you. Like. They were very. They, I get the whole broy aspect of it. Yeah. But I think we could have done that just with like Will Ferrell's character. I don't know if we needed like the whole mm. army of them on mm -hmm. the way, like marching around and stuff. Yeah. Maybe him and like a number two. Yeah. But just like that big crowd of guys was a bit much. I thought. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the music dance off scene was so I was good. In stitches, man, is so funny. They found really. They picked their moments to do those big theatrical. Like, let's mm -hmm. show the budget and the production design a little bit. They kind of yeah. saved a lot of that stuff for the end, yeah. which was cool. And like some of the production design, like the way the ocean looked and how yeah. they were like the interacting with it. Flipped. Yeah, that was hilarious. Michael Sarah's character, hilarious. Yeah. What's his name again? Alan. Alan. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny, man. Like, yep. And we should give a quick special shout out to our to our theater. Oh yeah, that was crazy. My God, was, I told you, man, the hype was insane. It so was Infinity there, War levels of yeah. of buzz around the theater. It's. It was Thursday. Yep. People were doing like Baskin Robbins had a little pink mascot out. Yep. People were doing shots or uh, photo shoots. <laughs> People were doing shots. People were doing shots. I mean, like I was wearing pink. We were lines. Everyone was wearing pink, and like yep. the crowd was like, so you said like it's not the typical demographic that you and I see at the no, movie it was, here, which is like great to see everyone yeah. out of the movies, and it was fun, man. Like, it there was. was like a so much like. Like a, there was a buzz. There was a buzz in the movie theater. An anticipation and a little bit of like confusion. Like felt like nobody even really knew what they were about to watch. Yeah. And that was what people were gravitating towards. Yeah. And just like, like you said, walking out of the theater, all these different groups, like I could just hear them all like discussing and debating. And the movie really got people talking. Mm -hmm. Even if some people, you know, weren't in love with every single part of it. Yeah. I was actually getting my haircut today yeah. and the, guy next to me was talking and he's like oh I, f I finally saw barbie and the it was just funny listening to it because the barber was like very in his own skin he's like oh like you saw barbie like yeah, he just was, yeah. he was so out of the loop <laughs> and the guy was like oh it's actually pretty good like i could tell you didn't want to open up to the guy but i'm like oh this is interesting yeah, this is interesting yeah, i'm actually getting a lot of that at school right now where like people are like oh man you watch oppenheimer like yeah yeah and i was like you should watch barbie as well they're like oh barbie really i'm like yeah you should watch it like it's fucking good oh wow and it's like these people are just like apprehensive to seeing it yeah like, just let yourself have fun like even now like we're two weeks later and like this movie's still selling it yeah. people are still dressed i'm still thinking pink. about it it just yeah. pops into my head every now and again a couple little scenes yeah and even like yeah this past weekend i was with a group of friends in san diego mm -hmm. and we were contemplating going to see oppenheimer again mm -hmm. couldn't get a ticket every showing was oh, sold wow. out every showing of barbie was sold out that's this great. is like two weeks down the line of both movies. Yeah, I think as of today is Wednesday, and I think as of Monday or so, it was tracking it, over seven fifty million yeah, worldwide. I think it's like seven seventy something now. Yeah, so it's 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 surpassing uh, Mario. So I think I think by the time oh this, really by uh, Mario this time yeah oh that's crazy. I think by the time this podcast releases, we'll be hitting one bar billion dollars. Very well done. That's insane. Yeah, and I heard I saw kind of kind of a grim article basically saying enjoy this while it lasts because yep. like while the strike is happening like this could be the last big event 
Barbenheimer mm. thing for quite a while. But I also saw another article saying like how studios are going to try and like capitalize yeah, on this just and collaborate with each other and try and release like some crazy horror movie and a rom-com the same weekend just to try and capture the oh, magic. Okay. Yeah, I saw that people are going to just double down on this like toy brand, make a movie. Oh, that and kind of thing. Cheap, cheap, paramount spinoffs. Gotcha. No, I, yeah, I don't, I, that could definitely happen, but I think that will die out quite quickly. Mm-hmm. But I do see a future in this like, the whole mentality is always like, oh, you just need that one big movie on the weekend. You don't want to compete. But this has oh, kind of shown that like yeah. if the movies are super polar opposite mm-hmm. or they have some kind of weird connection, maybe they can both. Because I think both these movies wouldn't have done as well without each other. Yeah. So I, I was actually reading because obviously the the title Barbenheimer got super popular, was super viral, like you and I both did them in the weekend. Yep. I had a cousin who did the double header. Oh, wow. And like... I was reading an article uh, related to box office news and people were showing up to Barbie, seeing it was sold out and deciding to be like, oh, I guess we should watch the other half of it. Let's watch Oppenheimer. Yeah. Which is insane because they're so They're so opposites. different. I do worry about like, if you're not used to going to the movies very often, <laughs> like Oppenheimer could be a bit of a shock to your senses. Not mm-hmm. in the way you, people would always say, oh, with the crazy atom bombs and stuff. It's mm-hmm. just... It's a movie that demands your attention for three hours. Yeah. Straight. And yeah. it's not always riveting. It's not always super exciting. It's like crazy advanced filmmaking techniques. I just feel like it, yeah, they may just be like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to go watch Barbie. Yeah, exactly. Get uh, me out of here. Quickly, before we switch gears, uh, I thought Kate McKinnon as like weird Barbie yeah, was, she was hilarious. Fu- yeah, she was fucking hilarious. She's, she's always funny though. Yeah. She was great and... Uh, I forget her the actress's name, but you, you know the Matilda. Like you've seen Matilda, right? Or you're not a Matilda guy, like the Roald Dahl one with Danny DeVito. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, so like the I'm not a Matilda guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's such a good movie. You should actually really watch it. The mom and that the horrible mom in that movie was the creator of Barbie in oh okay. in that yeah, and yeah. She she really stood out to me. Just a really nice little really? performance. Yes, yeah. that part kind of. It was weird. It didn't it make weird. any sense. But, but I guess like the whole movie was kind of weird, right? Yeah, like the Mattel building sequence was just so strange. And when, she was like a ghost and then she Was she? Yeah. It was wild. That movie had balls. Yeah, man. it had balls. It was, it was so I was going to say quickly, probably best original front runner right now. Yeah. Uh best supporting Ryan Gosling. That'd be crazy. I'd like to see him get nominated for that. That'd be funny. I think we'll get nominated. And I, I think, think you we'll might get, see uh, this movie get a bit snubbed at the Oscars no. just because the hype will be so far gone. Best uh, original song, Billie Eilish. Goes two for two, perhaps. Previously, <laughs> she won four. No time to die. Nice. There's just no time to die. I'm too stuffed up for that. Oh, God. No, you are but... sick. <laughs> yeah. So, switching gears briefly, maybe we'll kind of dive back into, into Barbie at some mm-hmm. point, but let's get into Oppenheimer. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I just want to get this out of the way then. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to go watch it in Langley. <laughs> Let me guess. You saw it in 70 millimeter IMAX? 70 millimeter yeah. right? but the, So the guy comes out as a pre- little preamble. So I'd like, re- like to repeat it to you. Okay. So it's there's only 30 theaters in the world that can do it, and Langley is one of them. The reel is 11 miles long and like over 600 pounds. Wow. It's it's all analog and analog surround sound. I don't really know what it means, but it's <laughs> fucking loud. Yeah. And like before we get into the movie, like movie aside, the experience, Anthony, was like I've been like kind of jo- half joking. It was it was honestly life changing. Really? Like it was fucking insane. Like the opening shot when he's staring at the puddles, like Yeah. I was like, holy fuck, like it's like I'm there. It was so immersive. It was ridiculous. I'm getting, I'm getting very jealous because I just saw it in regular IMAX. I know. And I, I tried to warn cool. you, man. Is it that different? It can't I be would that honestly, different. Honestly, uh, it'd be tough to say for a second. I think, I, I think I'm gonna need to go see but, it again. Yeah, like because I have a, I have quite an acute memory of how immersive it was, and it was immersive, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything like I, th- I thought Mission Impossible was like more immersive. No, yeah, this was like. Cause remember after we after we filmed recorded MI, I was like, was it IMAX? I didn't don't remember seeing the scene. So scenes. it's that okay. This was it, like yeah, I would say my experience of Oppenheimer was very on par with the Mission Impossible. No, this was like probably ten to twenty exit. It was. <sighs> it's, it's, wild. I'm assuming it's still playing in IMAX. Yeah, so I don't know if our sponsor and producer are coming to town. I already saw it. Uh, they, the, our main benefactor and our producer saw it uh, that day when we went to the airport. Maybe I can get him out to it again. 
I think yeah. If you, if you can, I don't know how it would be on like second showing because because it, it is quite a long movie. Yeah, but I just need to see it now. I, yeah. can't, I can't stand that. I, I, like you, you have to. Fuck. And the guy was like, "This is you know this this comes around like once a decade." So. No. <laughs> I'm such FOMO right now. It's so frustrating. <laughs> I'm so glad. Okay, I'm glad I got that out there. Okay, let's yeah, talk about let's the movie. The movie. Uh, I loved it. I feel like I didn't even get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, my phone, my fucking ten-inch phone. It was so sick. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was a brilliant movie, and it really was similar to. It was just one of those movies I had to think about it. I didn't leave the theater just like absolutely mind blown mm. because there's less action and intense sequences than I was yeah. expecting. It's very heavy on the dialogue. It's not as edge edge of your seat as no. you would think it would be uh, yeah. it's not as edgy seat as you might think it's much more of it's a slow burn which actually really surprised me mm-hmm. but my god just masterful filmmaking yeah yeah i feel like this was the movie the first movie where i feel like nolan t- he took it up a notch in terms of his ability to direct actors yes like okay, it w- yeah because he's always been relying on MacGuffin sets sci-fi yeah time sets, all action. that kind of stuff and very action driven yeah and yeah. this he just i think there's like an actor it feels like there's an actor in like pretty much every shot except bar a few there's mm-hmm. yeah there's some shots that don't but what i mean is it's like extremely performance based yeah and it's backed by incredible performances yeah and i think i can't remember i, I can't this isn't my own but i got it from somewhere just like the fact that oh no it was matt damon i saw a matt damon interview and he's like nolan sat me down and was like this entire movie is about killian like just so you mm-hmm. know it's not every actor's performance is and and the, every scene is completely designed to point at him like he is the mm-hmm. epicenter of the entire movie and you're all just like playing a supporting like instrument in his orchestra and yeah, he's like yeah. yeah like let's do it like and there's an irony to that because he's just never been that guy killian yeah, yeah he's never yeah. been a leading man really like obviously peaky blinders but yeah. He's, he's been that supporting role it's for Nolan like so many times so it was just beautiful to see him like even the posters just like his face like blown up and he was incredible in it yeah like fuck he was so good uh, Robert Downey Jr. was good so good I thought Matt Damon was does his thing yeah he does how about it because it's the most important thing in the yeah. history of the world <laughs> the one I think a quick complaint that jumps to me is like the first first act or first third is like it's very it felt very nolan dialogue like nolan tenant dialogue where yeah which is everyone's just talking and everyone understands what the other person's yeah. saying and it just keeps leading into another scene into another scene i'm like the fuck is going where are we on going here, here? Yeah. yeah the the start is a little bit <laughs> i loved how it kept revisiting that albert einstein conversation mm-hmm. that was just so fucking good there's one moment from robert downey during there's Junior. one moment from our dj mm-hmm. in this movie that was my absolute favorite I don't want to. I'm very curious if you remember. It's like a little moment, but it's fucking incredible. Yeah, fuck, I don't know, man. When you think of his performance, what scene do you think of? It's the end where he gets like called out. And he yeah, comes it's out the, and he yeah. smile. It's the little right? smile. That <laughs> smile was incredible. It's like fuck you. I hate you so much, and I can't do anything about it. It was so good. Yeah. That's how you get nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, he's still going to lose to Ryan Gosling, though. No, I think, I think he's going to win it. <laughs> Academy wants to give it one so badly. It's such a, like, marketable choice. That's true. If, if uh, fuck, what's her name for Everything Everywhere can win one? Michelle Yeoh? No. Oh. The White Lady. Oh, uh. Oh, my God. She's in Halloween. Yeah, of course she is. Jamie Lee Curtis. If Jamie Lee Curtis can win a legacy one, that's I guess. crazy. That, she actually did win for that, didn't she? Yeah, like she's fucking like barely Whoa. in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, um, I just I thought he really stood out. It was it, it was like his first old man role, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Like they cut his hair, they cut his hairline right back, yeah. made him look super old, and that was great to see. Like I just it liked it was nice to see him just like step into a new kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um, Florence Pugh thought she was really good. Yeah, Emily Blunt. Emily Bl- Emily Blunt was the one I was like, eh. oh really? I thought she was good. I felt like she didn't have much to do. Like she just played no, a very one note alcoholic. Same thing about, uh, Florence Pugh. I wish she had a little mm. bit more to do. That was kind of surprising though. Let's talk about the nudity of Florence Pugh. Like that's never been a Nolan thing, really. Like, yeah. What do you think the purpose of that was? Because they did it tw- two separate two times. Two scenes. 
I don't know. I feel like there's a, re- a deep artistic choice behind that, but I don't know what it is. It felt like Chris Nolan was trying to prove to people that he can make like a Artur art type I think film. he listened to me about Dunkirk because I was so angry about the lack of violence oh in, his war, in his war ethic. It's like, do something, Nolan. Push it. Because this was rated R, right? Rated R. Yeah. Uh, what's his face? Jason Clark was pretty good. Yeah. Usually, I usually fucking hate him. Dude. All I think of is Planet of the Apes every time I see I think him. Of, yeah, fuck. And uh, Terminator Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> Who else was in it? It's oh yeah, there's some crazy cameos. Yeah, Rami Malek. Fucking Casey Affleck. Oh yeah. Yeah, Rami Malek, and he had such a pivotal role. Yeah. Even though he's only in a Josh couple Peck scenes. from Drake and Josh. And um, Dewey, or yeah, Dewey from no, what's his name from The Boys. Like oh Huey Huey yeah <laughs> Dewey well what's to say this is Dennis Quaid's son yeah that's right yeah um yeah fuck both spectacular films I think Oppenheimer which would you which do you prefer I can't answer that it's like if I'm in the mood for Oppenheimer yeah. I'll watch Oppenheimer yeah that's I think that's that's the question nice I safe get asked. political answer I love it people will be like oh which one should I watch watch whichever one you want to watch because yeah. you can't make a wrong choice which one's calling for you yeah. I think if I had to say, I still think Oppenheimer is just more t- more my type of movie. That's fine. So yeah. I think I would just narrowly edge it out. But it's just been it was it's a gr- it was a great little ride of movies there. Yeah. Like you had Mission Impossible, right, Mission Impossible right before it. Yeah. I saw Asteroid City around the same time. Just like oh, went nice. to the theater so much in the space of like a month. Mm-hmm. And it really I say this all the time revitalized my love of movies. <laughs> right before the strike. Yeah. <laughs> Now we just got to hit up Disney's Haunted Mansion. It actually looks pretty good. 24 mil opening weekend. $180 million budget. You see uh, TMNT's trending pretty well. Yeah. Um, They're saying like what, 80 million or something crazy. It's got like strong RT out the box, which I think is... Is that this? That's this Friday? Yep. It just doesn't stop. It's just... Yeah, I feel like... But then it's things are like... Um, you get the September Cra- blues. Craven got pushed back to next year. Yeah. And I oh, saw no. across uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse got pushed. TBD, yeah. TBD? TBD. I didn't even look because I didn't want to see. And uh, the creator still hasn't been pushed. Dune might get pushed. That no, they won't push Dune. It's, they've done too much marketing already. Yeah, but... And why would they? They why? can't do a full... Pr- they can't press tour anymore. Like, they can't market. Yeah, but nobody cares about Timothy Chalamet. People care about Chalamet. <laughs> I think they've they've done too much marketing for them. the fan base is so built in. Like you're not that's winning. True, yeah. I think they'll keep Dune. I could see the I could see the creator getting pushed because that's already gonna struggle. Yeah. <laughs> Gareth is like fuck. It's like eighty seven million worldwide. <laughs> it was actually released during the strike. It's actually way yeah. better. <laughs> deserved a sequel. What movie deserved a sequel despite not getting one? <laughs> uh, fuck. Do you have anything else to say about Oppenheimer? Like no. Like I feel like. Like we we didn't really talk about it. we were talking about the performances. Yeah, the performances. Like, obviously, my the- my gripe with the movie was that there was it's just such a, such a surface level complaint. But I just didn't love how short the actual like test scene was. Yeah, <laughs> it just came and went so fast, and I thought we were gonna see a little bit more. But if that's how history went, what do you think of the artistic choice to not show Hiroshima? <laughs> you know, it's crazy. The- I actually, was in the I went to the washroom like after that test scene. So Why? I just had to. I could not hold it anymore. And I was like, okay, surely it's going to like slow down a little bit here. And I came back and he was like in the press conference after it happened. But I like whispered to my dad. After I was driving home with my dad, I was like, let me guess. There's a moment where they like came in and we're like, it's done. And he yeah. was like, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a good choice. Yeah, because the movie is about... Oppenheimer. It wasn't about like it's supposed to feel far away. And, like, and I don't think there's a way. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there's yeah. a way that you can tastefully show the effects. In. You can't tastefully show it, and the movie was like omni. It was all the script was written in the first person. I don't know if you've oh. if you saw that. So the whole movie, it's not an omnipotent movie. It's like only from his perspective. Or oh, okay, okay. Um, I forget Robert Downey Jr.'s character's uh, name. Louis Strauss. Strauss. Yeah. So then you get the black and white scenes when they're from his perspective. Oh shit. And color when they're from uh Oppenheimer's. And those are the only two perspectives you get. So he wrote it in first person from both of those people mm-hmm. depending on whose scene it was. So it makes sense why you'd never see something they didn't see. It's crazy that he wrote it like Oh no, yeah. it's it's adapted. It's adapted. It's it's a it's based on the book American Prometheus, yeah. but it's it's not an adaptation of that book. It's it's Nolan re like writing the events that mm-hmm. that book depicts mm-hmm. in a very unique way. Yeah, that's more <laughs> Purchase is reading that on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 testing was like it was brilliant. It was a brilliant scene. I wasn't expecting it to be quiet either. Yeah, but then then I it was fucking loud. Yeah, like, 
the score by Ludwig Göransson yeah, was, was good. phenomenal. It was good. So already, like in this one weekend, we have a contender for best original. We have a contender for best adapted cinematography yeah. for Oppenheimer. Hoyt surely we have contender for best original score. song and best score. Yep. We have a contender for best supporting best actor too. for best sure. Actor. Best actress nominee, maybe Margot Robbie. I could maybe see it. Emily Blunt, supporting actress, could yeah, see it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't particularly agree, but I wouldn't complain either. Best sound editing, sound design, yeah, yeah. shoe ins for Nolan. I think he always wins those. <laughs> editing, I, I could see, see costume going to Barbie. Yeah, or at least a nomination. Yeah, at least a nomination. So Dude's like, got to get in there for that. Like, how blessed are we as as moviegoers to just like experience this in a weekend? Yeah, it was wild. It felt like a little moment of of movie culture history, Mm -hmm. without a doubt. Something I'll remember. What would you say to someone who came out of Barbie and was like, ah, like just way too preachy, so super feminist, like didn't didn't love it, like kind of boring. (sighs) It's a bar. It's a kid for. It's a doll for kids, not like a a message. I don't. I don't know. Like, what can you can't convince someone? Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) What did I miss? What's wrong, bro? Oh God! That, thankfully, I haven't had to have that conversation yet. I've, I see it online a decent amount. Yeah, there's, it's I already see. turning into disgusting culture. Wars. Yeah, there's like review bombing on Rotten Tomatoes. It's ridiculous. I mean, like it's like you said, like if, if you're having that opinion coming out of Barbie, I think you need to take a long look in the mirror. Yeah, and see why you feel personally attacked rather than if there was one thing I would from that side of the fence, I would maybe argue is there's a good scene. Where that you know like how they retake like Barbie Land, mm-hmm. and in my head I'm starting to think like oh like have all the characters actually learned anything because they seem pretty happy for all the men to just fall back into these like anonymous supporting roles, and she has that one line where she's like oh like it didn't have to be like boys night or girls night every night, mm-hmm. and that was really the only line that kind of addressed that hey like we should run this place a little bit more like democratically and a bit yeah more she's like you know your life shouldn't be so concerned with what i'm doing yeah like just go do your own thing i just want to know like the kens are going to have like equal rights moving forward They'll have equal rights they're basically they, slaves they before that have, no yeah. that was the whole thing though like they weren't slaves they were second class citizens in a way but, but when they took over they made the women subservient slaves like serving them beers and stuff yeah so i mean it's 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 interesting and it was I cool my how brother said like it, the the way greta wrote the gender sociology was like yeah. it was so smart it was so smart because there's certain filmmakers that would have made that scene, the men forcing the women to be subservient and the women not wanting to do it, but just doing it. Mm-hmm. But she was also, I don't even know what she was saying, but like the, the women at the time were super into it. Yeah, and they, they were like, like under a spell they were loving it. it. Yeah. yeah. So that was like the really interesting thing for me where it's like, you can't really say like level her, her just being like a one-sided like feminist filmmaker when mm-hmm. she's like analyzing it from all these different ways and putting all these like different spins on it. Yeah. So yeah, that was crazy. It really made me think in ways that I haven't really like thought before. And that's great. That's Yeah, especially after this movie, I think we're seeing like a filmmaker who's like when I see her name attached to a project, it's like, okay, do I go like full spoiler free, circle mm-hmm. on the calendar, opening weekend kind of thing. It's almost a little bit of like she gives me the same kind of feeling as like Jordan Peele yes, did when okay, he yeah. when he burst onto the scene with like nope and then mm-hmm. like when us came out, I was like, I don't want to know anything about yeah. this. Same with Nope to a degree, but Nope, I feel, you know, filmmakers are like that. They're not gonna, they're not gonna knock it out of the park mm-hmm. every time. Like I'm sure she's gonna have a misfire mm-hmm. just because they're taking so much risk and they're trying such new things. I did read an article where she is, she wants to transition kind of away from the indie film scene and kind of be this like heavy hitter. So obviously she's got Narnia. Well, she's gotta make that bread, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's penning Snow White, which, right. yeah. I don't think I don't she'll, yeah, like, I don't think I don't, they'll brand think, that yeah, as exactly. like a Greta, you know. But yeah, so the, the next Greta original or even an adaptation. Cause like, Do you know if the Narnia thing is like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or is it like a unique, a new story in the Narnia universe? I think there's the Narnia universe, like the third or fourth one also goes like, is Silver another, chair. <laughs> yeah, it's like another starting point, so. Yeah, because those movies are super, or sorry, the books are not like chronological. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a strange one. I, it I makes me nervous. It's more strange that it's through Netflix. Yeah. Like I want a wide theatrical release. Turn these turn three movies into three events, right? Totally. They're such big. Yeah, they should be big scope films. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll do something like uh, the Irishman did, yeah. where it's maybe the, maybe it gets like two weeks in theaters first, or mm-hmm. maybe it releases in theaters at the same time. 
Yeah. But then you're just much less inclined to go. Exactly. That's what we did with Knives Out. Yeah, I, I don't... We just I don't, waited. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank God we didn't. Um, I just want to take a quick ding. Uh, if we go back three or four weeks, we're talking about Mission Impossible. And I said that it was going to get clobbered oh, in the box yeah, office. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it's barely scraping 350, 400 right It's now. over that. It's like 480 something. Mm, it's not making its money back. But it has pandemic inflated box or uh, budget costs. It does. And it has like part one syndrome. Yeah. Where I Which, feel like I feel like it'll make a lot of it back in part two. Like I think building off a lot of people have like seen it by then mm-hmm. and it'll have like the big finale like element to it. Whereas it this one felt a little bit like oh, I don't need to go see this one right away. But yeah. I did see an article that like Tom Cruise's movies have like very historically good staying power. Like Yeah, he's got legs. It's like dude. attrition. Yeah, it just it keeps picking up money, it's not slipping too aggressively. I think it'll crack six hundred by the time it's done. Ooh. Like six oh four or something. No, I think it's gonna scrape like five, four seventy five or something. No, I think theaters in theaters in like UK tomorrow are gonna be pretty busy for Mission Impossible. <laughs> Barbenheimer's kind of toned down a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. You're supposed to take your son to Haunted Mansion. He starts nagging for Mission Impossible. Haunted Mansion. It's getting critically destroyed. Yeah. Apparently, everyone just said it's a very inoffensive movie. It's like. It's not good enough to it's wholeheartedly recommend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be better than Jungle Cruise. Mm. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I think we've covered both the films yeah, thoroughly. Because, because we're re- reviewing late, I have like a bunch of sideies. Just save them or you want to touch on them? All right. Yeah. Hit me with some sideies here. All right. So I watched The Flash. Oh, yeah. You did tell me. Did you watch it? No, I still haven't seen it. It's fun. It's like Ezra. Our producer absolutely loved it. He's gushing over it. It's got some great action. Keaton's good. Ezra is good, and you hate to say it because they're a piece of shit, but right. good actor. Um, How's Affleck? Uh, he just kind of exists. It's 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 like pretty silly, and it's not definitely not like it, it kind of makes you think like if it wasn't the DCU, if that wasn't in shambles, I think I think it would have done a lot better than than a box office flop. What do you think about like because obviously yeah, why do you think Warner Brothers had so much confidence in it, and what do you think all that crazy buzz was about before think, it came out? Like having Michael Shannon back as Zod, you got Supergirl in it, and like speedster movies are like it's it's fun, man. Like the action is great, and like I love bullet time stuff, so. There's a good movie in there for sure. Yeah, I I do really want to see it. Yeah, um, I also watched Guardians Three. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's fucking so fucking good. It's so good. Yeah. And I fucking bawled my eyes out. Yep. It's so sad. Like it's hard to watch in certain points. Like and, like Rena fell asleep. Just go. Like, do you want to rewatch it? And I was like, I don't think I can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to like crave the rewatch again. I watched a couple scenes on YouTube and I was like, oh no, the animals. Yeah, I man. can't do it. It's fucking like what a great send off. Yeah. I love how all the characters like just came into their own and became like the prime versions of themselves. Yeah. Like he finally said like Rocket Raccoon. It's such yeah. a little fan service moment for me. Uh, yeah, it was so good. I told you she was into me. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. Such a great Star Lord moment. Adam Warlock was kind of. I enjoyed him. But yeah he was what he was i thought the villain was really good yeah nice to see a you know an interesting villain in the mcu yeah. uh, i've heard then, secret invasion is like an absolute dumpster yeah, fire i heard after the finale they had, to, they had a rush and quickly released the loki 2 trailer yeah. just to keep the buzz going finale has like a 12 percent in rotten tomatoes yikes mr sunday movies who are like very nice normally mm-hmm. they're like i haven't seen the video yet but it was like secret invasion at a whole new low damn yeah, well, I mean, Kevin Feige said he's going to be pulling back from TV shows and stuff. Like, I fell out of interest from the shows. Didn't yeah, watch I mean, they, they should just do, what, like, one a year and make yeah. them fucking good. Yeah. Like, Loki season two looks really looks good. Pretty good. Looks yeah. like it's got a budget, a good story, original. It's got its own feel to it. It makes sense to be a TV series. Yep. Because he's, like, looking for all these different versions yeah, of Kang. Episodic. So they're, they're, they're deciding to keep going with the Jonathan Majors thing, I guess. I saw that, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they can't. What could, trying to what sweep could it under the rug. Yeah. Uh, I watched X. Oh, yeah. X isn't that great, I didn't think. X, you, X is the first one, right? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Pearl? Not yet. Pearl's fucking but Pearl's good. Pearl's queued up. But yeah, yeah. X was, yeah. Was you, like, need to, you need to see X to enjoy Pearl. Okay. Yeah, X was like very classic slasher. Yeah. I, I was a bit underwhelmed because okay. I'd heard like really good things about it. Okay. But Pearl... I think you'll really like. Okay, nice. Um, 
I think I also watched uh, The Pope's Exorcist. With Russell Crowe? Crow. How did you watch that? And why? Go through a little horror kick. Yeah. Um, it's pretty dumb, but it's yeah. also pretty fun. So nice. Whatever. I watched, one, the only thing I really watched is Welcome to Wrexham season one. Oh, is it good? It's really fun. Yeah. Nice. It's very cute. It's so easy to watch when you're just making food nice, or whatever. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's really heartwarming. Can't wait for season two. Awesome. Anything else? Um, We've rewatched Barbarian, but I think we've talked Barbarian's about that. Fucking good, yeah. Dude. It's a good. No, no, no one had seen it or knew anything about it. Oh, so I got to go through that whole thing again. Scary, John's man. like, wow, pretty cool. <laughs> Did that come? All right. Well, thank you for listening to our Barbenheimer podcast. And thank you for your patience while we got this together. I, I honestly think we'll be hitting the, the Barbillion, the Barbillion marks. We'll, there'll be a little bump. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, if again, to reiterate, if you've made it this far and you're wondering which movie should you watch, yes. you can't go wrong. You pick whichever movie that you think you would enjoy more. Totally agree. And when you're done that, you go watch the other one. Yeah. Go see them. Yeah. Try and go see them both in theaters if you can. Mm -hmm. Super fun experiences. And if you are listening to this stage of the podcast and there's like a movie coming out or something that's like maybe a bit underground that you don't think we might have seen, please do reach out to us yeah. uh, on Instagram or, or wherever because we're open to suggestions. 100%. For sure. For sure. But not we're not doing TMNT, so just get that. Are we? Mind. Are we not? No, I'm not. No. Pizza. Okay, okay maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see you very soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks.